and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hi there. Welcome to the podcast this week. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. It's been a great week. What about you? <laughs> I'm 100% feeling the mercury and retrograde, all of the craziness. None of my technology has worked all week. Um, but we've had amazing shows to get us through. So if this week was going to hit, I'm glad it hit this week. Fuck mercury. That's what I say. <laughs> it's been a week. Um, but I'm blaming it all on Mercury. And I know we've only got maybe about 11, 12 days left. So then we'll all be back to normal again. And Mercury won't be in retrograde. And No, can- then it'll be Christmas and everything is going to hit the fan once again. I can't believe you mentioned the C word. <laughs> well, it's a little bit e- it's a little bit easier because we have Thanksgiving in between those holidays. So, like, we don't have fully Christmas out yet, but... It's getting there, and I feel like it just gets earlier and earlier every year, and it freaks me out. I walked into the supermarket, and I could not move for fucking mince pies. And I was, I'm like, it's too early. It's too early. I'm not ready. Billy's birthday is, like, in eight days. So I'm like, I've got to get through that, and then I can think about Christmas. But for now, keep your mince pies (laughs) hidden away. Keep them to yourself. Until December the 1st. That's my view. I would, I wholeheartedly agree with that we typically do our tree the day after thanksgiving like that's kind of my benchmark (gasps) so like we have thanksgiving we put it up at the end of november because i take it down i try to get it down before new year's hang on so your christmas tree goes up before december yeah well i mean like the 30th of november like not tomorrow but because thanksgiving's like the 28th this year so okay yeah that's fairly close okay yeah Uh, i shall figure i'm not a psycho (laughs) <laughs> um, anyway, we are back for another week. Thank you, as ever, for tuning in and downloading, subscribing, and reviewing and rating. That all makes a huge difference for us. Uh, but we're running a competition, which we are announcing the winner of today, which is really exciting. Um, one of our long-time listeners, and when I say long-time, I mean since the beginning, which was 10 weeks ago, uh, is the lovely Shell from Carriage Hill Candles. And she reached out to us to organize a competition and basically said, why don't we do a competition where everybody can send in their taglines, you choose the best, and she will pour, she will like create a hand-poured candle with their personalized tagline on it. And the deadline for submissions was 6.30 today. I'm just going to do a quick check just to see that we've not had any last minute entries because that... Yeah, her candles are gorgeous too. She does such a fabulous job. Um... I feel so grateful that she reached out and kind of offered to do this uh, for you guys, our listeners. Um, I think it's just super generous of her. It, it, it really is. And she's done, uh, she's been really kind. So this, is, these, there aren't any last minute entries, by the okay. way. These are the entries that we've had in. So first of all, and also we have to decide which one we like the best. So let Reagan, listen up. The first one paying attention. comes from the War Minimalist. She says, I don't just drink Yorkshire tea. I spill the tea. (laughs) That's the first one. The second one is from Little Bird and Bug. I do the school run, but I never run my mouth. Ooh, I like that. I like that one too. Okay. Third one. 
I take life with a grain of salt and a shot of tequila. And who's that from? That's from Amy. I like that one too. Okay. I'm, I do I'm too. I'm a huge a tequila, tequila girl at heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got you, girl. I got you. And then the fourth one is my hair may be pink, but I'm not pink and fluffy. Ooh. Secret I like badass that. there. And then yeah. um, I didn't write down who that one was from. I'm really shit at that. Sorry. Whoever it is. I think it was I, I it's think Deb's it was, life. It was. It's Deb's life. That, Ooh. Reagan, your memory is so impressive. Steel um, trap, baby. And then the last one is from Jax the Bobcat came in on Twitter and it said, you have two choices for dinner tonight. Take it or leave it. And I quite like the badassness of that as well. It's like, absolutely. Screw you. It really touches like my mommy soul. And I also feel like that is all I grew up hearing. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what I want my mommy soul to be like. But actually my reality is like, I yeah. sort of go, okay, take it or leave it. But then I go, but then if they don't eat it, they won't sleep. And then I'll be awake all night. So actually, okay, do you want some toast? It's basically what I do. Oh, yeah. I'm a shit. No, I mean, my youngest has lived off of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for dinner for I don't even know how long because he, it's that or chicken nuggets every night. So I've just started making them because it's a battle I, I don't even want to have. I'm, I'm too exhausted to have it. And also I'm so two. fucking sick of wasting food. I'm sick of yeah. cooking food they don't eat that I then throw away. So I just now give them toast or porridge and it, yep. it, it is what it is. Anyway, so those are our things. I really, I'm obviously from Yorkshire, so I'm really partial to the Yorkshire tea one, but I do also love the school run one. Yeah, I really love the tequila one because again, tequila is the, is my love language. Um <laughs> But I'm going to have to go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with the school run one as well. I like the actual blend of momming and, you know, talking shit. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the winner is at Little Bird and Bug. I do the school run, but I never run my mouth. I feel like we should have Yay! like, I feel like we should have like a little um, sound effect. Fanfare. Like, like cheering. Yeah. That's what we Yeah. Do. Jimmy, get on that. <laughs> Add that in, babe. <laughs> anyway, uh, Little Bird and Bug will be in touch. We'll make sure that your candle gets out to you as soon as possible. But in the meantime, thank you for sending in your taglines. And now, I guess we should just get on with the show chat. Yep, let's get into uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Uh, so, in general, Reagan, I don't know if you feel the same way, I felt this week, across all the shows, felt a little bit meh. Yeah, is a little wah, wah, wah. It was a bit like that, wasn't it? But which- but I feel like they all teased super dramatic s- episodes next week, so I think next week is going to be full on. I agree. So, so maybe it's nice to have a little bit of a Maybe it's slow the calm break, before week. the storm. Yes, yes. Uh, but Kardashians, uh, I guess the first thing... Uh, we haven't talk- we've talked about what we're going to talk about. We haven't talked about what order. I think let's do Chris and OJ first. Yeah, I couldn't believe that it's been 25 years since all of that stuff went down. That was really surprising to me because I very, that was kind of the first news story I very vividly remember sitting, watching the news, watching the Bronco. The police chase. Like, 
all of that stuff was is like kind of my first memory of something huge like that, um, which is weird because I was 13 then. So, you know, <laughs> what were you like? I probably should remember other things, but <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty. <laughs> that's that stands out in my mind. So when like they're saying it's the 25 year kind of remembrance of that, just really kind of shocked me. Yeah, and I really... It also made me really sad. Yeah, I mean, it, it is sad. And it, I think what made me sad was seeing Chris and Faye Resnick have that lunch and, like, going, this was the last place that we were with her. And remembering what she ordered. And it just made... Yeah. It's, it's kind of given me goosebumps talking about it because it just made me realise, and I sat here and thought about this, and I actually cried. And I might cry a little bit now. It's been kind of a week. Yeah, it's but okay. I sat there and I was like, God, it's no different to me dealing with the fact that you were murdered 25 years ago like if, right you know that's the kind of friend she lost she lost like yeah her very best girlfriend and that's devastating because there's something very different and I don't mean to downplay this but I was thinking about this there's something very different to losing a family member that you know is like to losing a grandparent than there is to losing your very best friend in the world well it's like it that's the person that you've chosen to be friends with. Yeah. Like your family, you don't choose. You're good, bad. You're there through everything. But like when you meet those really good people in your life that are there because you've chosen them to be in your life and they've been there for ages, like that's that's hardcore. I mean, mm. I can't believe that that restaurant actually had the same menu out as well. Like that was so crazy to me that it was like their 30-year anniversary of the restaurant. So they had the the original menu, which was the menu that they ordered off of. Like, I'm giving myself chills right now because, like, it's just crazy. I know. Like, that all of these things kind of come together. And, you know, it was really, really touching seeing Chris and Faye really talking through kind of that last meetup and how they miss her every day. And, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it got me in my heart box. It, it got me in my heart box too. And it also made me put, it puts a lot of shit in perspective and it makes you realize that as you should really hold on to the friends that you love and that are your people and everything else is great, but actually just know exactly who your friends are and what it is because you never know how long they're going to be around. You never know what might happen. And um, yeah, it was really touching. And then for Chris, because obviously the anniversary of Nicole's death brings up Right. All sorts of new, fresh press stories, and they go back digging around. And then for Chris to have to deal with these rumors that have been circulating. I mean, I've heard them before, circulating right. about her affair with OJ in the hot tub and the hospitalization. Can you believe how ridiculous that story even was about, like, how he broke her with his manhood and she ended up, up in hospital? I mean, come on. I mean, listen, the worst I've ever had from a good banging is like a touch of cystitis. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe a little sore. <laughs> maybe a little bit sore, but like really, riding a horse. But really, I mean, I can't even imagine what it looks like to have your vagina broken. Like that's just well, such a ridiculous thing to suggest. Even saying that, I mean, there's so many problems with that article. One, a you know, it's completely made up. B, I think it reinforces very negative stereotypes about both men and women. Like, it's just horrific. Yeah. And senseless and tasteless. And it's just disgusting all around. Like, I'm super happy she's sued because it was the Daily Mail, wasn't it? Listen, 
Anybody who she sues, sues the Daily Mail is a fucking friend in my book. That yeah. that that newspaper is a toxic mess and it's disgusting the things that they write and the the headlines they get away with and everything's about incredible bodies and abs and amazing butts and it's just so sickening especially because i feel like as a society we're all kind of working away i mean the majority of us are really working away from those old stereotypes i think we're all really trying to like embrace different body images and things like that so it really grosses me out for a paper like a modern day newspaper to be spouting really gross old shit i agree and it's and the fact that they get away with this stuff time after time after time and they are such a huge beast of a corporation that the thought of normal people suing them is just so beyond the realms of their comprehension that they just don't do it but thank god chris who is probably the only person who has the means and the team and the power behind her to even attempt it just went, enough is enough. This fucking newspaper needs to stop. And I don't know how that's played out. Actually, we could probably do some research. I mean, we could probably do yeah. more research on our show in general. <laughs> um, just a general, maybe a thought. Just a suggestion. But um, but we can look at that. But I don't know whether she won or not. But if Chris Jenner can't do it, then nobody can. And it's sickening right. that they should be allowed to just keep printing this shit. But um, yeah. that aside, we'll look into whether she did kind of win on that or not but it but it was a really what I liked as well was it was more Chris focused I like seeing more of Chris I liked seeing that relationship I like seeing her approach to it all and I thought that um it was nice to get a little bit more of an insight into the momager yeah I agree and I think it was it was, it was lovely I mean because honestly I don't really know a lot about Faye I mean she pops up in the Real Housewives of the Beverly Hills she pops up in the Kardashians she kind of pops up everywhere Um, And I thought it was just kind of nice to see two friends reminiscing about their best friend. Yeah. And I don't know, just remembering all those things. It was lovely. Yeah, I agree. And the power of girlfriends is strong. And uh, and it was nice to see that no matter how wealthy and rich you are, you still need your girlfriends. Absolutely. It should fucking be that way. Um, And then we had a lot of chat about Kim and... The kind of kimono launch, uh, yeah, soon to be skims. We'll talk about that next week, but for now, it's right. still called kimono. Um, and the shoe and her taking North away to Costa Rica. I mean, that's one hell of a birthday present. I'm taking Billy to like Harrow View Cinema to watch Frozen too. <laughs> so, as, so as equally as amazing. I mean, as long as Billy and Northwest don't talk, I'm golden. Right? Um, yeah, put a kibosh on their budding friendship. Can you imagine? But, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. what? Well, go ahead. I was sorry. I was going to say. So it was interesting to see how Kim was dealing with kind of work and time off. Yeah, I mean, I think this ties into what we were talking about last week with like the massive mom guilt that you feel, and I think especially as a working mom, especially when you're working for yourself, and how those boundaries sometimes cross the line of when you have to do work or when you have to turn off, and how hard it really is. Like, I really appreciated watching Kim trying to juggle all the balls because that felt like my real life. Different size balls in different locations. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, I, but I really liked that that was shown, and I think it's very validating to see that you're not the only one who struggles. Um, you and I talked earlier this week, like I'm a person, either all the balls are up or all the balls are down. I'm not an in-betweener, like where I just drop a few, but I have most of them thing. It's it's one way or the other for me. 
So it's nice to know I'm not the only one out there. Yeah, no, I'm the same as you. And I dropped all the balls this week. I missed like three meetings. I didn't miss them, but I got them wrong or the wrong place. I could just, it was just too much. And sometimes that happens when Mercury is in retrograde. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it was good. And And I think it's very difficult, especially when you're not doing that Monday to Friday, nine to five. Like that brings with it, with it, its whole own right. set of problems. I'm not saying that it's easier, but specific to being freelance and being on your phone a lot for work, having that there, knowing that you, that's how, you, if you're going to try and parent and work, you're like, well, that's great because I have my phone so I can do that. But actually what I've learned is there is no such thing as multitasking. There's no such thing. And we talk about this no. a lot and go, women can multitask, men can't multitask. Actually, men are just smarter at it because that's why... I get so anxious. That's why I find stuff so difficult because I'm trying to do three things at once. I'm trying to answer emails and do the laundry and feed the kids and entertain the kids. And that's enough to send anybody crazy. And I think that's what we saw with Kim as well. It doesn't matter how much money you've got, whether you're in Costa Rica or in Croydon, if you've got too, if you're trying to do too much shit at once, you're going to crumble. No, I totally agree. And I I read or I heard Andy Cohen talk about this on his radio show one time that I think it's really confusing for kids because I work on my phone a lot. I do social media. It's all on my phone. Um, And I think it's confusing for my kids when they see my phone, whether I'm working or I'm just scrolling and doing bullshit. So for me, I've been really trying. One thing Andy said was like, I keep my phone in my office. So when I'm in my office, I always tell Ben, I, daddy has to go do work now so I can be on my phone, but I'm in my office. And that's something I've been trying to do at home, like being very clear with my kids. Mommy just has to take care of a work thing and then I'll be right with you versus when I'm just, you know, scrolling and maybe half paying attention to them anyways. Um, but I've been really trying to make that clear to them because yeah. I can 100% see how confusing it is. So they just talk to me all the time. I think they don't know what I'm doing. I think that's... Uh, that's absolutely, and I try and do that too. But I think because I work on social media, because I'm because I work on Instagram, and a lot of it is mm-hmm. constantly fucking yeah. creating content. It's very right. hard. Like you know, I can't really put my phone down. I mean, I could. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And this yeah. weekend, trust me, my phone is going down. Like I'm done with my yeah. phone this weekend. Right. But, um, but it is still very difficult. And at the same time, I think you know what, like. Yes, it's hard for my kids that I have my phone on and I'm working, but I'm with them and I might not be giving them 100% all the time, but I'm with them. And if I had a normal job, I wouldn't even be in the house like that. I wouldn't even be there. So it's pros and cons, but it was nice to see that Kim was struggling and something she said really resonated with me. And I'm going to try and find the quote. Uh, It says, she said, it's really hard to take a break. And when I do, no one lets me have a break. And I think that's really, really telling. If you don't have those clear boundaries of I am at work, like I am in an office, then it's very hard to exist to just go, oh, now I'm not working. Right, right. Um, So, yeah, it was interesting to see that and the talk of the mum guilt and all of that. You know, I think a lot of people will have resonated, that will have resonated with a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. And like I like you brought up a good point. Like I'm not complaining. I love that my job is flexible. I get to take my kids to school. I get to pick them up. If they're sick, I can work around that. I mean, I'm really, really thankful that I have a flexible job because again, like I think people who work the nine to five, I have no idea 
Like, they're the super rock stars in my book. I have no idea how anybody can do that with kids. I agree. It's uh, it's not easy. But yeah, the, keeping up with the Kardashians, uh, and then obviously just briefly, I think we should touch on Chloe's trip to the prom, which... <laughs> which had all the ingredients of being such a lovely night. Like she was like, I never went to prom and she's helping out this guy, this Armenian guy. They have a relationship, you know, a friendship. And um, and I was like, well, this could be so lovely. And, it, and then it just didn't, it just all felt a bit weird. Yeah, I think Chloe got a little bit lit in the limo. I think she was a little bit nervous, didn't really know what to expect. And uh, so she, she had to she had to leave prom a little bit early, but um, obviously he didn't care because he sent her loads of flowers afterwards and thanked her for going. So I think it was a little bit weird. Um, good on the balls for that guy to like write Khloe Kardashian and invite him to prom. I mean, he's like a big Kardashian fan and they knew him. Um, can we just talk yeah. about can we just talk about that guy like for the rest of his life will always be the guy that brought Khloe Kardashian to prom. Like, oh yeah, when she at, walked at his in, reunion. The place was like Boom, boom. Like, they went mental for it. Yeah. Yeah, he's I think that would be uncomfortable at prom. Like, I I mean, I wasn't at prom for very long. We didn't really hang out there, but... Were you, busy selling, of, like, were you busy selling fake acid, Reagan? Is that <laughs> no, that was, that was earlier. <laughs> 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 I had stopped that by prom. But, um... <laughs> I always love that story of you. Like, just... It's my favorite story. Like, cutting out playing cards and selling fake acid was my favorite thing. I think that's when I was like, yeah, we're definitely going to be friends. Yeah, we're friends. Um, but but yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, it may, and obviously times have changed. I'm just trying to think back to like my 18-year-old self. And part of me is like, wouldn't it be weird if a 30-year-old came to your prom? I mean, it would be weird if a 30-year-old was your date at the prom. Yeah. Like, I mean, I bless him. He took a punt, and it is LA, right. and everything goes. And who? Maybe that's yeah. just great. But, uh, but yeah, it was weird. Anyways, um, anyway, below deck. Below deck. Um, so I think the big thing in this episode. <laughs> I know what you're going. I think say. there are two big things, but I think this big thing <laughs> is the engagement by motherfucking text. Like, are Which- you? kidding me <laughs> which should be the weirdest fucking thing about it but weirdly isn't because they've been no. together for two years and he takes that moment on text to say for the first time i love you I lo- <laughs> she says i love you back for the first time after two years and the very next question is will you marry me i mean my respect level for abby dropped like a lead I was like, you haven't got out of bed because you've got a hangover. And one of the things I was always taught by my parents is yep. a hangover is not an illness. You get out of bed and you go to fucking work. So already I'm like, no, nah, I don't like that. And then yeah. this happens and I think, oh, no, you are just kind of a little bit. I can't think of the word. Fickle. Feckless. Feckless. She's feckless. She's feckless. Oh my God, between like sleuthing and feckless, you've got all the words. I love it. I'm, I'm putting that English degree to use. Um, <laughs> Who would have thought it would have yeah. been on a reality TV podcast? Who would have thunk? My favorite quote of this episode was when Courtney's like, my eyes are rolling all the way off the boat. I know. it's uh, About that engagement. I am, I've gone from really like loving the fact that there's a female deckhand and it's Abby and she's going to yeah. kick ass and hating Courtney for all her whinging and whining, to loving Courtney, frankly, yeah. uh, 
and really being pissed off with Abby for letting the fucking team down. Letting the team down, having so, like, little self-worth that that is an acceptable engagement, fuck off. It like is not. No, it's not acceptable. Nobody should be proposed to that way. And... This may sound like old school, but, like, having such little respect for marriage, like, eh, if it doesn't work out, we'll we'll just get divorced. It's like, oh, fuck off. Oh, my God. Like, you're so stupid. I was exactly the same. And I just thought, it's not about a fancy proposal. It's not about a big wedding ring. It's not about that. I'm not that girl. I mean, I'm a little bit that girl, but I'm not, like, that's not what this is about. Yeah. What it's about is just... The respect for a relationship, the respect for a human being, the respect for the the, the fact that marriage is a big fucking deal. And I know it doesn't feel like it until you've done it, but once you've done it for nearly 10 years, it's not something that you just fucking decide on over text. No, it's hard as fuck. With somebody- you gotta take this shit seriously. With somebody who you'd previously described as your fuck buddy. Ugh. Like, fuck I mean, I'm with Courtney- my eyes have rolled so far back in my head. I feel like I'm a zombie woman and you just see like the creepy whites. The whites with the red veins. I'm the same. I think yeah. Courtney's nailed it. And um, I'm really starting to appreciate Courtney. I've got to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And then like Abby still kind of fucks off at her job too because she got engaged. And it's just like you were just hungover. Now you're fucking off because you're engaged. Like I 100% agree with the – like – I don't think Ashton was being rough on her. I don't think it has anything to do with jealousy. I think she shit at her job, and he's pissed. And I 100% back him on that. I agree, and it pisses me off as well, because I think, Abby, you know what? Like, it's it's shit that this is the case, but the fact that you're a female deckhand means you have to do better. Like, you have to fucking keep doing better. And you are... It, it, It annoys me as a woman that she's not getting her ass out of bed and doing the fucking job. Especially me. when when we see Tanner throwing up everything that's holy and still getting on with everything. The whole thing annoyed me. And I was like, he's actually sick. This guy is actually yeah. sick. And he's just getting on with it. Like, yeah. fucking hell, he's Abby. A rock star. Sort your shit yeah. out. Stop being such a Totes. pain in my ass. Totes. Um, anyway, so yeah, Abby uh, is going to have to work really hard to get back from... Uh, that with me i'm sure she's desperately concerned um yeah but yeah and then of course we had kevin and chef carrying on yeah i mean i i don't think chef's wrong like i think people need to be blown away i really appreciate his honesty with kevin um and i think we see kevin step it up a bit so you don't think captain's wrong no i yes did i say kevin you said chef. sorry yeah that's fine just to be yeah yeah yeah. yeah. no 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 i think captain lee is a hundred percent correct and I think Kevin did need a talking to. And I think we see Kevin step it up with that 10-course tasting menu. That was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, it was a bit long. It was awesome. But, but here's the thing. You know when we've got Hannah in Below Deck Met, where she gets a bollocking, yeah. and she's self-aware enough to go, listen, as much as it annoys me, my instinct now is just to knock their fucking socks off. Kevin doesn't right. isn't quite there. Like, he can go, yeah, I'll do my 10-course tasting menu, but he isn't accepting the criticism. He isn't going, you know what, it's got a point. As much as I don't like it, I'm now going to show him. He's right, still right. making excuses and still kind of throwing himself a big fat pity party, and that just, it's yeah. just annoying. 
I, I don't know. I, I, I still think we may end up getting a new chef. I don't know. I have, we haven't really seen the teasers. And usually if there's a like a change, Bravo teases it out. But um, we'll see. I mean, he's got to start really stepping it up. Well, and also at the end of the day, Captain Lee is his boss. Like yeah. his, his job is to say it's not good enough or it's good enough or it's great. And he's saying to him it's not good enough. You, Kevin's like, how dare he? Well, babe, that's his job. Yeah, and have some humility and don't be such a dickhead. Like, he has such an attitude problem. Like, I feel I feel like he's one of my kids. And it's just like, I'm, I'm over your attitude. Just stop. I'm the same. I literally have written attitude and circled it around. <laughs> it's about his attitude. No doubt. I have no doubt he's a great chef, but his attitude fucking yeah. stinks. And that's yeah. what needs to change. He's like just this massive entitled wank puffin. And I just want him to... Take a little bit of humility, recognize that he fucked up, mm-hmm. and move on. And then it would be done. Yeah. That's that's all it takes. As it is. But can we just have a moment yeah. for Ashton's striptease? Oh, can we just have a moment? I love, uh, this is another, like, Below Deck knocked out of the park with quotes this week, but how Kate was really trying to talk him into it, and she was like, your your mouth says no, but your pelvis says yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Kate's tagline on a Real Housewives show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you imagine? That would be her tagline. That's Amazing. hilarious. Um, yeah, I was. I loved Ashton for this, but it's such a tricky position to be in as well because they're they're there for the tip, right? So they have right. to do what the guests ask, even if the guest requests are a little bit shady, like can one of the staff strip for me? Can you imagine any other job where one of the clients or whatever was like, could you strip for me? No. And like, what if it was an all female staff? Like, you know, if a dude had asked that, it oh, would yeah. not be okay. No, it would not. I'd so be outraged. Right, right. So it's a really interesting double standard. And uh, like Ashton does have stripping backgrounds. So this all kind of plays right together. But I really like the way he did it where he was like, if you want to do this for your man and was just like walking him through the steps and like talking about what he's going to do and being a little cheeky and kissing the hand at the end. Like, I really like Ashton this season. And I definitely could not have said that before. But he's gone up a lot in my estimation. Yeah, I agree. I think he did it really, really well. And I think he he kind of handled the fact that it's kind of an unreasonable request, but obviously he still wants a tip. So he d- kind of did his like little stripping workshop, which, right. you know, frankly, we can all learn from. Absolutely. Um, and then didn't he do it on, on Watch What Happens Live too? Yes. So I've now started watching Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen pretty much every night. They're because really you don't short, have enough TV to watch? I don't have enough TV to watch, <laughs> but I also feel like it gives us some valuable insights into like the episodes. So Ashton was on there with this amazing comedian called Caroline Ray, and she was taking... She was just taking the piss out of his accent so much because she was like, every time you say below deck, I hear blue dick because of his <laughs> New Zealand accent. And she was just cracking up the entire time. Ashton also taught Andy how to do like the whole front roll thing with like his hand and like his whole body oh, in the I'd after show. It. You can probably see it on uh, bravo.com. Um, but um, no, I love that. He was so funny. It reminds me of a story of a friend of mine once. She's from New Zealand. She lives in London and she was reno- she's renovating her house and she was talking to her architect and she's like, what I want is a really big dick outside the house and he's like i'm so i'm (laughs) I'm sorry what 
And she was like, a really big dick, like massive, like a big dick. And he's <laughs> don't like, Don't we all, honey? <laughs> don't, don't we all, baby? And the architect was really confused until he realized that she was obviously saying, What I want is a really big deck outside the house. <laughs> um, but now we always refer to any deck as a dick, as a really big dick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the South African accent is, uh, the New Zealand South African accent is kind of um, a funny one when it comes to yeah. dicks. It does. Um, yeah. So that I think is that below deck. Did we just do that? Yeah, that's below deck. I think we uh, can go reconnect with the Real Housewives of the OC next. Amazing. Um, I think this episode with the Real Housewives of the OC is best described as uh, watching Tamara's little tattletale fall apart. Yeah, and you know, everybody kind of realizing that everybody's been saying stuff behind each other's back. I, so to be real, like I haven't had a massive group of girlfriends since high school other than when I first started teaching in London and we all were like a huge group of girls together and really got on. That's kind of the last time I've had that many kind of personalities in a friend group. Um, I think since becoming a mom, I have friends with different groups, but not like a massive one. And my question is like, is this just something that happens naturally within girlfriend groups because I don't think it happens within guy friend groups because I don't think dudes roll that way and I mean I definitely remember all of this happening when I was in high school and there'd be like a girl would say something it really wasn't that big of a deal but then by the time everybody had started talking about it, it became like a massive deal again and I don't know whether to be offended by it like girls we need to do better or just be like you know what like you just gotta be real and I don't know I think, uh, I mean, I do have a, like a big girl friendship group and I think my feeling is that there's elements of that that is always going to happen. There are always elements right. of people being moody with each other or pissed off momentarily yeah. or just saying, just venting. Like I think that's right. always going to be the case because I think women communicate more, they communicate better, they're open to discussing that shit. Um, but yeah, I think... It's. I think what Tamara's discovering here is that eventually that shit will catch up with you. And right. it's not necessarily that she's done it with malice, I don't think, because right. I can sort of see, like, she just can't keep anything to herself. It's not like, yeah, I mean, it's I think not she's like just she's discriminatory about it. It's not like she's keeping right, some right. secrets and not others. She just doesn't fucking... Yeah keep anything to herself right um i don't think she's smart about who she tells but she she lives for the drama and the gossip and you know we see that in people all the time so yeah i think you just have to know who your friends with and recognize that that's who they are and be very fuck really fucking careful about what you tell them but um yeah but i do think that tamra has got away with it for an awfully long time well, and I don't I don't know if she necessarily has. I don't think we've seen it blow up this spectacularly. Um, but I think ever since the beginning, like this thing about kind of Tamara stirring the pot and things like that, like that's been in so many seasons, I, I can't even count. 
I think where it really kind of clicked for me was when Kelly was talking to her daughter and they were having the same issues in both of their friend groups. I know, and I was that was like, really depressing, wasn't it? <laughs> damn, like, can, will this ever end? Like, can we all just grow the fuck up? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think, listen, we can all sit here and talk a long time about the downfalls, like the failings of men. Yeah. I think this is the real failing of women is just this inability to keep our fucking mouth shut sometimes, honestly. And I'm not saying or, that in a, you shouldn't talk, but I think just being right. discerning and kind about what you let out and what you don't. Well, and here's my question, because I guess I have the impression that men are more direct. So like, if there's a yeah. problem, they just like go to the person and do it. And I feel like that's kind of how I've tried to live my life. I mean, I love a bit of gossip. I get it more from reality TV than real life. Um but I feel like we as women could could take a lesson of that and like just be direct. And like if you have an issue with someone, just go to them. Because every time we've seen that in all of these shows, the issue's put to bed. Yeah. They forgive each other, they move on, and everything's fine. It's like when the telephone game starts is when everything kind of explodes. So it's like just talk to somebody about their issues. I agree. It wouldn't be as interesting. I'll give you that. <laughs> but um doesn't make for quite yeah. as good television. No, I a hundred percent agree. I think Nobody loves conflict. It's always it always feels a bit awkward. Yeah. But actually, you just get a shit ton of respect if you just go direct to that person and go, "I'm not here to have drama, but let's we need to talk about this because I've heard it and let me know what, right. what's going on." You can sort that shit out, but unless you talk yeah. to the person, it's not going anywhere. So no. yeah, I think Tamara's going to find herself coming a little bit undone fairly quickly in spectacular. And I think the real linchpin was when Shannon realized that. She'd been talking yeah. shit about her. And even I was shocked when I saw what Tamara oh had gosh. said to Kelly immediately after they'd had that lunch that wasn't initially yeah. part of the edit, but then they did it as like a, right, right. a, back, as a flashback. Um, and Tamara's just like yeah. throwing Shannon under the bus. And I just thought, wow. Shannon's face just crumpled yeah. like I felt so bad for her she's she has been struggling so much and I mean the reunion last year was pretty ugly between the two of them um and I feel like she really felt like they'd gotten to a better place so I think we're gonna see more of that um next week as was teased Kelly was on watch what happens live this week and she was like you just wait till you see the reunion and I was just like oh shit so they've only that just filmed that too yeah that minisode is going to be an incredible one to keep you guys' ears out because we'll definitely do a mini-sode of the Real Housewives of the OC reunion. Um, no, I agree. So we'll see how that goes. I can't wait for the reunion. I think it'll be epic. Yeah. Um, but we also got a lot more this week about Emily and Shane. Oh, my God. And Shane, I feel, had had like... I mean, they could have been quieter. Sorry, that was like, <laughs> my office is in the same place as my au pair's room. So I was like, you can come in, but you got to be quiet. That wasn't quiet. It's fine. She also no, hasn't shut the door. Fine. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Shane had like a couple of weeks of reprieve where he sort of, we felt like he was right. trying to make an effort. And then this week, it was back to old Shane. Oh my gosh. Like, I can't even believe that A, he's like taunting her with this bread basket. Like he knows her weight's an issue for her. She's trying to eat healthier. And he was such an asshole about it. It's just like, I'm going to shove that. Like if I was Emily, I'd shove that bread right up his ass. I would have got up and walked out. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. It made me feel sick to my stomach to watch him taunt her like that because that's what he was doing. 
taunt her and make jokes about it. Like, he takes nothing seriously. He is not sensitive to her at all. He's not supportive of her at all. And then she brings up couples therapy, and he's a total dick about it. He's like... He's just like, no. Well, more than that, he doesn't just say no. He's like, you should go to therapy. So he's like, we don't need couples therapy. You're the one that needs therapy, which is essentially what he's saying. And it's so abusive emotionally and it was so disgusting i mean i have i'm fucking fortunate to have a husband that supports what i do likes me loves me and the thought of my husband treating me talking to me like he spoke to her makes me sick it makes me it makes me sick because i also have an amazing husband that is also supportive regardless of what TV. I decide to do, even reality TV. Um, but I think what even hit me harder was that this has been going on for 10 years. Like, yeah. she breaks down in that confessional and, like, I don't know what to do. He's been like this for 10 years. Um, again, with my Watch What Happens Live insert here, um, what's his name? Karamo. Karamo from Queer Eye was also on what Watch What Happens Live with Gina this week. And he literally just said... Because he's got a book out now called You're Perfectly Designed. And so he's like, Emily, you are perfectly designed. You are fine the way you are. You need to leave his ass. And I feel like that those were the thoughts in my head. He said them. He said them brilliantly. And she does. I I see no changing in Shane. I don't think he will change. I think if Emily wants change in her life, she's going to have to do it on her own. And she's a strong, smart-ass, great woman. And not smart ass, but like smart, smart space. Yeah. Yeah. Super smart. Um, and I think she can handle it. And I think she'd be a lot happier. And I think therefore would be, you know, great for her kids. Like, I, I feel like yeah. everything would be fine. I think her and Gina ha- are both in a similar situation in the sense, I mean, less so Gina because she's obviously made the decision. But this is 10 years, as you say, for Emily. Like, that's, it's very easy for us to look at this from right. the outside in and go, Jesus, that's dark, you need to leave. But after 10 years and that's all you've known, it's very, very hard. And they've got, what, three children? Is it three? Um, They have three together and then he has kids with his, he has kids from his first marriage. Right. And so it's very, and and also this 10 years has not just kind of enmeshed her in it, but has also knocked all the confidence out of her and all the self-esteem. So for her to walk away is such a difficult decision, which is why I think it's very easy for us to go, oh, just leave. But she she's not quite there yet. I think she is no. getting there, and I think she will. And I would like to take this opportunity that she looks fucking phenomenal. And I posted really a picture does. on our Instagram of her from behind after she was paddleboarding with Bronwyn because I remember looking at it and going, she is hot. And all right, she might not be skinny OC, but that does not. That is not what the beauty standard is for me. No. For me, I looked at her, I was like, you are hot. Yeah. And I hope yeah. she knows it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's very hard to watch the Shannon and em- uh, the Shane and Emily interactions. It yeah. really makes me feel uncomfortable. Well, it's very reminiscent of David and Shannon. And yeah. I think we've seen how positive Shannon has come out of that. And, you know, she had a rocky couple of years and she's really gained a lot of self-worth. And I just, I want that for Emily. So when I say leave his ass is because I 
can see her being in the same position as Shannon as being very happy with herself. And I think that's what's the most worrying thing when you watch somebody in that relationship is just how degraded yeah. her self-worth is. And it just makes me sad for her because she is gorgeous and she's smart and she's funny and she's a good mom and she's a good friend. And she has all these positive things about her that he makes her feel shit about. And she's also a step ahead of the other people, the other women that have left their husbands because she's got her own really lucrative career. Like, it's not like she has to worry about where that's going to come from. There's not that extra element of control that Shane can hold over her. She could easily break away and still be fine. So for her, I hope that she's, I hope she feels empowered one way or another soon enough to leave this weasel of a man behind. Yeah, he's a nasty piece of work. He's a nasty, nasty man, and I feel bad for her. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's going to play out over the season, and I think the Tamara bomb is going to explode over the next, well, over the rest of the season, I think, actually. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And then New Jersey... Welcome New back. Jersey's back. New Jersey. <laughs> Our favorite Jersey girls. Oh, I mean. Are back in action. This has always been one of my longtime favorite when it comes to the, the Real Housewives franchise. Excellent. Um, I think they're hilarious. They are so full of life, so full of fire. It's just, it's remarkable TV. So I'm so excited that it's back. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I love them and I love to see them back. And obviously there's a, there's so much going on this season because we did the special on the Teresa and Joe uh, right. situation. Um, and we saw a little bit more behind the scenes of that. Obviously, we've done a special on the Watch What Happens Live. But what really struck me about the uh, scenes discussed kind of in Teresa's house was Gia. And I think yeah, she... There's no doubt that this has been devastating for the kids. And I and I actually believe that Teresa has done everything she can as a mother to make it as easy as possible. And in fact, they talk a little bit about how, you know, I, th- I don't know whether it was in the episode or whether it, whether it was in like a teaser trailer, but she was like, essentially, for the kids, I have to see, they have to see me doing everything I can to keep Joe in the country and to, and right. to make that right even if that's not what she necessarily wants for herself, she needs to be able to look her kids in the eye and go, I did everything I could. Um, But to see Gia talk about it and she's now going to college, like this is a big deal for her and she's now becoming an adult. It was really interesting to see what kind of a kid she really is. Yeah, I think she's brilliant. I mean, she's chosen to go to Rutgers, which is in New Jersey, so she's not very far away. In the hopes of her dad being able to come back, then she's she's able to spend time with him. Um, And she gets quite snippy at her siblings because she is obviously feeling like they're going to have a lot more time with him. I thought was interesting about all of this, like, 100% like Gia is a badass. And I think we're going to continue to see that just throughout this season. I think we're going to see her really kind of be the most adult person in that house. Yeah. um, And really kind of keep things in proper perspective. But I thought there were a couple things that were revealed that I didn't really understand. So like when we were talking in the mini-sode and we were like, why did he even go to the ice facility if he could just go to Italy? I didn't realize that if he had left to go to Italy, he could never come back. Well, I mean, the chances that he could never come back. No, 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 I get that. But, oh. like, 
because now they're fighting the deportation while he's there. But I seem to remember in this episode, they're like, if he had just, when he got freed from prison, not gone to the ICE right. facility to First. fight it, it, it would have just been done. Like, yeah. if he had just left, it would have been over and done. They wouldn't have been able to kind of pursue it. And now, I guess they are able to pursue it because he spent time in ICE. It's all a little bit confusing. And if, every, if anybody's up on immigration law in the United States out there, hit us up, explain this whole situation to us because I don't necessarily get it. Um, but I think that answers some of those questions about why he even opted to go to the ICE facility. Yeah. And, it, and we find out it was Gia. Yeah. She was like, if you don't do this, if you don't step up and try to be our dad, then we're done. Yeah. And I think and what this episode really showed to me is that there are so many different perspectives in this story. Like there's right. ours from the outside looking in, reading the press. There's ours from the outside looking in, reading press and watching the show and knowing a little bit more about it. And then there's the pe- then there's Teresa's and then there's Gia's and they're very, very different perspectives. Yeah. And it just made me realize what a fucking shitty complex situation this is because- it's it's one of those situations where there are no winners because Teresa and Joe's marriage has to be it's over. Done. It has to be yeah. over. Yeah. So Teresa's in a shitty place because she wants to be seen to be doing the very best for her family by her kids. But at the same time, probably the last thing she wants is Joe home. Like right. he, he's fairly toxic. Together, they're certainly pretty toxic. And I think it's a really tricky situation that Gia will be the one that we see navigating, I think, like you say, with the most mature approach. Yeah, and it'll all be really interesting to see how it all ends up playing out. Margaret Josephs was on Watch What Happens Live last night, and she was like, I just told Teresa to go to Italy and throw him one because he looks really good, and you never know. Like, throw him a bit, and maybe you'll have a good time. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Which I thought was hilarious. I mean... Um, I don't think he's an attractive man at all. He... I find him repugnant. I I find his attitude towards everything just disgusting. Me too. But, um... He makes my skin crawl. He's like... uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm the same, and I just think it's beyond that. It's beyond whether there's any sexual chemistry between them. It's beyond whether they, you know... He fucking took the last year of her mother's life away from her, and she's never, ever going to forgive him. No. I also think what's interesting is just kind of what's going on in the United States with, like, immigration and these horrific things happening in these ICE facilities. I think what's interesting is we find this horrific, and these are people with money who are able to fight it and, you know, be in a different place with all of it versus, like, other people who don't. Yeah who don't speak the language and are totally lost in the system. It's just, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to kind of watch play out. um, Yeah. Even though their situation is tricky and shit, they're still extremely privileged within it. A hundred percent. So this is going to play the Joe Teresa thing is going to play out. I really appreciated what Margaret said about the rumors surrounding Teresa and her stepping out with somebody else. And she right. was like, you know what? Who can fucking blame her at this point? And and right. I feel the same way. She's not seen Joe for three years. It wasn't great before they went in. Chances are he's not going to be allowed back. I mean, yeah. the only reason she's not, the only reason Teresa's not calling it, actually, there are two reasons. One, for her kids, but also for the right. TV show, they've got to fly out and do the special. After right. that, she's going to call it and she can move on. And I think, you know what, if in the meantime she's finding a little bit of, you know, she's having mucky cuddles with 
a guy wearing <laughs> a young guy wearing a backpack and no socks, then you know what? Let her let who cares? Have, have at it, babe. Absolutely. Like you get yourself some. You totally deserve to. Like just the the personal growth that she's gone through through all of this. Um I don't know. I feel like she deserves it. Like she deserves someone young and fun and, you know, she just needs to have a good time. Like once all of this is kind of behind them. She does. I worry that there's going to be a backslide. I worry there's going to be a regression in her, in her kind of approach. I think that she's like less namaste or more naste, but, but I think that's what's going to happen, but we'll see. And I mean, you know, it does, the whole season is kicking off for antagonism because we've got Jackie and Jennifer at each other's throats as well. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm pretty firmly team Jackie on this particular conflict because I think Jackie perfectly explains it that Jennifer was out to dinner with a bunch of people that didn't like Jackie and she started playing up to get them to like her. Yeah. Like I think that's Jen's kind of MO. Like she just wants people to like her and is a real shame because I think as we saw in this season, like Jennifer and Jackie had actually gotten quite close and their kids had like played together, like through the middle parts of these seasons being aired. And I think Jennifer's played it really badly. And I, what I don't understand is like, I don't understand why you can't just apologize and be like, you know what? Like land that was the poor fucking timing. plane. That's what Margaret, what Margaret said when yeah. she was so much. She's like, just land the fucking plane. You did it. You fucked up. Just say you're sorry. It's done. Yeah. And this is what I'm with as well. Like, I 100% agree. I'm team Jackie. Jennifer fucked up. I get it, though. Like, I get being in a room with people right. that you don't it's have hard. beef with who, you know, you you want to be mates with and you're doing something funny. Like, I can see where that took her. I don't right. think that posting it on social media to a million followers is a smart idea. Teresa did that. Maybe right. with or without Jennifer's permission, I don't know. Teresa did that for a reason. Teresa she did, did that, that for a hundred percent a reason. She yeah. did it, but and and it, and I get why ja- why that stings for Jackie. And I think all it t- all it would have taken is for Jackie to say, which she did, like this pissed me off. I don't understand why you did it. And for Jen to right. go, I'm sorry. It was a heat of the moment thing. It shouldn't have been on social media. I shouldn't have done it. And I'm sorry I hurt you. And that, my friends, is what it takes. Yeah, and I can't believe Jen kind of came at her about it as well, though. Was, like, all up in her face and, like, really getting aggro about it. It's like, if you would just take a step back, you're in the wrong. Fucking apologize and move on. Like, you don't need to get all ratchet up in this party. Also, by the way, it's your husband's business party. Like, why are you the one losing your fucking shit? Like, just... You should be going, this yeah. is my husband's party. This is our right. business. This I am not going to do this now. And Jackie's, even Jackie is like, we are not doing this now. She's walking off. No. And Jennifer's just fucking following her like, prod, prod, prod. I'm going to get a yeah, rise out like of you. doing the whole like chest bump thing. If like, I, was I don't his, even know. I don't even know do what it was. That? I don't even yeah. know. But if I was her husband, I'd be like, really? This is how you choose to behave tonight? Like, could this right? not have waited? Even Teresa. Yeah was <laughs> fucking gracious in the whole thing. Like, she was like, you need to keep your my name out of your mouth. Jackie went, I will. She's like, I will too. Fine, we're done. Move on. That's right. all it would have taken. That was the one I was expecting to be the bigger blow up because, I mean, you've got the queen of the table flippers. Yeah. <laughs> like, we will never forget the oh, flipping we'll never of the forget. table 
at, you know, at the event. And so the person you think would lose their shit the most was actually like the chill, like you don't talk about me. I don't talk about you done move on. Whereas, yeah, I think, I think Jennifer is just a bit immature and well, I, I think she's I very insecure. Be interesting to see. Right. I think she's It'll very be interesting insecure. to see. Sorry. Yeah. I think, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try for the third time. <laughs> I think it'll be really interesting to see if Bill calls her out on it in the next yeah. episode. Like, you shouldn't have done that at the work party. It was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, we'll see. But I think it was quite a tame start to the New Jersey season, so I'm excited to see where it takes us. Totally. I'd like to, like, end the chat about New Jersey on a really positive note. I was super impressed with Margaret, like, letting her kind of co-worker bring her baby to her house for work. And Joe, the husband, kind of t- looking after the baby. I know. I love that. I mean, it's so brilliant. Hug. Yeah, it's so brilliant to have, like, a flexible kind of working environment so that you can bring your kid. And I think that's what Margaret said. Like, that was her whole reason for starting the business was because she wanted people to be able to work for her and bring their kids and be fine. And I thought that that was just really nice to see. I do too. I have a lot of time for Margaret. We'll see where that goes. I, I'd like. We know she's going to be the center of quite a lot of uh, beef. So I'm interested to see which side I come down on because my inclination is that I hope she's on the good side of it. On the right it. side. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. March Sr. was on Watch What Happens Live with Margaret and Michael Rappaport. Oh, I saw it. I saw she it. gave her headline, which was the most fucking incredible thing I ever heard, where she says, like, go ahead. She goes, Do you want to say it? Uh-huh. She goes, I may have two cats, but I only have one pussy. <laughs> I mean, Andy's face was such a picture. It was such a picture. He didn't know what to do. No. It, it it was perfect. And even Michael Rappaport um, was like hardcore into it. He was like, this is the best one I've ever heard. It's like, it's, it's amazing. Let's send her a fucking candle. Yeah, I think I think we maybe should. We should uh, get on with uh, Shell about that and get her her candle. But um, yeah, I think... Uh, time to move to Dallas? Time to move to Dallas, yes. Um, which, you know, let's be honest, is is all about Leanne's wedding. It is. And I have to say... Up until this episode, I've been fairly dismissive of the wedding and the relationship in general. To be fair, we haven't had much interaction between them. But what, I've got to be honest, this was one of the loveliest ceremonies I have ever seen. And I'm not just saying that because there was a British priest. (laughs) He was brilliant. Their vows were incredible to each other. I love how it was funny. I love how Rich made the joke about his eye. Oh my God, that was my favorite bit. And I wrote it down. So it was like, hilarious. May you always see your innocence in my eyes. And he was like, May you always see your innocence in my eye, which <laughs> was just fucking genius. But that's what I loved about it. I loved that it was funny because I felt like it was a ceremony that really reflected them as a couple. And right. I think if that's not real, then that wouldn't have happened. And they like, you know, Leanne did the, whew, like, thank God he said that. And he was like, I hate to inform you, Leanne, that there's more opportunities for him to duck out at this point. <laughs> you know, and it was just yeah. such a lovely vibe. Yeah. yeah, I think everything, yeah, it it was very them. I think it was very true to who they were. And I think it was really nice. And that kind of surprised me. Yeah, it really made I me believe in them as a couple it. as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, and of course, her mother turned up. Miserable cow. <laughs> 
Doesn't matter how many <laughs> fucking sequins you wear, babe, you're still going to come across as a miserable cow. Jesus, she's horrible. I, what is it she with is all horrific. these mothers? I have no idea. I mean, we can maybe move on and talk about the reception. We can talk more about the mom. One thing I do want to say is, did you notice that Rich's like wedding vest had the pictures of I, them on the back of it when he was changing? Did I notice? I wrote, <laughs> I wrote capital letters and highlighted Rich's waistcoat. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I wrote wedding vest with pics, WTF. <laughs> I know. Also, I mean, one of my favorite quotes was Leanne saying, um, I need a foot long. And he's like, babe, it's your wedding night. You're guaranteed a foot long. I wrote down the exact same quote. Check this out. It's right here. There you right go. Right there. See? This is why we do this shit. But, um, Kismet, baby. But yeah, I, I did love it. I love that they went to the drive-thru. I love that she got a hot dog. I love all of that stuff. She got a, chi- like, not even just a hot dog. It was a chili cheese hot dog. <sighs> Don't, you're making me Which hungry. are delicious. And she got them from Sonic, which is incredible. And a corn dog, I believe. But yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. let's talk about the wedding briefly because um, the five-hour break in between is weird. <sighs> I did go to one yeah. wedding once where they did that and they put us in a bar. F- to be fair, the bar was paid for, so it could have been worse. But right. there was no food and then we went for food afterwards. But we did have five hours of paid drinking. And, I mean, I did things that that were, like, this was, did that did not end well for do, me. I was going to say, do you even remember the what Like, you can't remember the reception after five hours of drinking. It was an awkward situation for a number of reasons. Like, <laughs> I was there with my ex-boyfriend. We'd been invited when we were together. It was, it was very awkward. Um, Ooh, that, that, that's like an offline chat. Might have ended up sleeping with a groomsman. I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. But I blame the five-hour break in between. So a five-hour break 100%. in the middle of a wedding is never a good thing, and I speak from experience. Um, no. But it was weird because... I don't know how American weddings go, but I there are always meals at English yes. weddings. Yes, same with same with U.S. weddings. So this that was, was weird. very very weird. However, I think the thought process maybe I'm sticking up for Leanne a bit too much here. The thought process is you have five hours, like go grab a meal. Like you don't have to hang out at the place for the whole five hours. Like you left the venue, you could go do whatever you want. And then come back for the party afterwards. I would have gone and eaten. Because it was like in the morning and then at night. Like who didn't eat for that five hours? Do you know what I think? I think she didn't want to pay to feed everybody. So she gave him a five-hour break so she could stop her husband. But actually she didn't want to pay food because she couldn't blag it. No, and I was just about to say that. No, I think you're totally right. I read an article somewhere that restaurants in Dallas – are really anti Real Housewives of Dallas, so it's really hard for them to find restaurants to film in. Oh, really? Because most of them don't want them in there. Yeah, I'll pop it up on all of our socials so you guys can have a look, but it was it was super interesting. Why don't interesting. they want them in there? I think it's just too much drama. I mean, that's fair enough with that lot, with that crowd. Yeah, um, but I totally agree with you. I think if you're going to have a reception, though, and it starts anywhere near 7 o'clock, you've got to have more food. And if you expect people to be drinking all that much, like I think it's your civic responsibility to have food because I've been at British weddings where you have a meal, you drink loads, and then you get the bacon sandwiches, which is fantastic. Midnight snack. Midnight snack yes. is a thing at weddings. You get the midnight snack and you could bring out the bacon sandwiches or pizza or something like that. Um, yeah. But also, if you're not going to, do you know what? If you're not going to provide food, just fucking tell them and say, by the way, right. it's five hour break. It's not, there's no meal. So fill your boots with your yeah, own yeah, corn yeah. dogs. 
Um, because we've spent the money on men dressed in mirrors from head to foot instead. <laughs> yeah, or vests with our pictures on them. Yes, that too. Um, That's where all that money went. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I can only imagine Cam's going to have something to say about this, which obviously we couldn't care less about. Um, but yeah, the wedding in general really changed my opinion of their relationship and... um <clears throat> and I'm interested to see how they play out. I think maybe they're just good for each other. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to agree with you about the ceremony. But I feel at the reception, things were very different. So, like, I really liked the ceremony. I thought it was lovely, and I thought it was really about them. But then when we moved to the reception, we hear Rich making all these comments about, like, other girls. Did and I miss he that? even said, like, Rich did that. I think I missed that. Did you that. miss that? Tell me what Oh, yeah, happened. he was, like, making all these comments about, like, the girl on the saddle and, like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, like, it was like that. And then he was, like, the next time I'm eloping. And then he, like, made comments to this other couple, like, I wish it was your wedding reception. Like, he was saying all this shit. And I was, like, I'm fucking confused here. Well, I, for some reason, I missed that. Maybe I got a phone call or so, or maybe a kid interrupted maybe. me. Maybe. But- I mean, maybe he was just trying to be funny, but I thought it was a bit off-color. At your I own agree. Re- reception. I mean, I agree. I think his vows showed us that he likes a lot, like he's good for a joke. Like when he's like, it's going to be yeah. like being married to five women at once. Like I, I feel like he is has that sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought this was a different tone. Oh, really? I wish I'd yeah. not missed Maybe that I'm bit. wrong. No. Like everybody else, let me know if you felt the same way or if I'm totally off base. But it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And maybe it was because it was off the back of like Leanne's mom constantly fucking complaining and being like, I'm so glad Rich has taken her off my hands. It's like this girl's 52 years old. She has not been on your hands for a really fucking long time. Yeah. And just the miserable morning, I can't even get near her. Like just it's her wedding day. Like if you turned up when you were supposed to turn up, you would have had a hot minute with her. As it is, you were late, and therefore there are 300 other people that want their time with her. And sweetheart, you're the mother of the bride. It's the first time your daughter's getting married. Where are you for any of this shit? Where are you for the dress fitting? Where are you for the showers? Where are you for any part of this planning? You are nowhere. I agree. And you leave super early. Like, she left before the cake was cut. She left before everything. Without saying goodbye. Without even saying goodbye. She just walked out of there. Yeah. And it's like, you wonder why Leanne has these abandonment issues. Yeah. Like, no joke. No, I get it. I think you're right. I think her mom, I think this this issue of mums here is there's a lot of weird, horrible, toxic parents. And uh, it's just an interesting thing that keeps coming up all the time. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think obviously they decide that they're going to go to Bangkok. Uh, Steph's conversation with Travis about the ping pong shows is just, <laughs> I mean, bless, bless Stephanie, because I, like, how does she not know about that? I don't know. How does she not <laughs> know think- that they shoot ping pong balls out of their vagina? I don't know. For me, it'd be like someone not knowing what a donkey show is. I mean, like these are staples of like. Or a circle jerk. Going back, yeah. to, going back to Kardashian. Going back to keeping it. Exactly. Like, I find these to be staples of pop culture. Maybe I'm demented and they're not, but I feel like everybody knows what those three things are. Everyone knows what a circle jerk is. Everybody knows what ping pong shows are. And everybody knows what the donkey show is. I mean, I don't know what a donkey show is. 
I don't. So use your imagination in Mexico. It's not the ping pong show, but it's a woman and a donkey. It's called the donkey show. I mean, well, that's fine. Yeah. And it's it's a Mexican thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's predominantly like Tijuana. Like everybody talks about it going to Tijuana. I've never been. but um, I've been to Tijuana and I didn't see a donkey show, but I'm... Now annoyed that you that, missed out. How did I miss out? You did out not on that? celebrate Tijuana to its fullest. Uh, I didn't. Oh, positivity. I must go back. <laughs> I must go back. Yeah. Um, Book a trip to Tijuana. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Stephanie's like, so what? They just shoot them out of their vagina holes? Yes, darling, that's what they do. That's exactly. Well, I think she said bum holes at the beginning too, and he was like, no, <laughs> no. She said hands. She's like, no, they do it with she their mouths. And then he was mouth, like, and he was like lower. Oh, well. And then she thought, bum. <laughs> I bet Courtney Kardashian would put on a great ping pong show. I mean, if she's got the skills to queef out the alphabet. Can you imagine? That was- <laughs> oh, the money she What if it was make. like a match? What if it was like a match with the ping pong ball <laughs> going back and forth? <laughs> There's balls all over the place. <laughs> no, my eye, my eye. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> well, oh, man. I mean, that's one way to get your Friday night started, isn't it? Um, yeah, I... Oh, fuck. That's, I sort of lost my train of thought a little bit. I'm still just... I think we can end it board. there. Do you think we should? Yeah. I think we probably should. I think we should. Um, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Well, listen, um, we are... Oh, I have a confession to make because um, yeah. I have been out of... Obviously, I love my Real Housewives, but out of all of the Real Housewives, the one that I got into the latest and the last was Atlanta. And really, I've been watching it for the last six weeks as much as I possibly can from season one all the way through in time to catch up for this first episode. And I didn't manage it. So I am on episode 13, I think, of the previous series. I'm going to definitely be done by next week. So we are not going to discuss the first episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta today. Um, and you can all throw your hate mail at me, but we will <laughs> definitely be including it next week because I will be back on track. Yeah, we'll have a double dose of the Real Housewives of Atlanta next week, which, Jesus, will be incredible. I know. I, I am excited, but I feel like I can't not watch the last bit no. of that before I come. you got to catch up. I've got to catch up. So I promise you'll be back on track next week. Uh, And if you were expecting Atlanta, I'm really sorry, but we will definitely make up for it next week. I promise. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. I think that's it. I guess we will, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Hope uh, everything goes well. Have a great one. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.